guys, it's time for another episode of Serially Obsessed. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. I'm Daisy Rosario. I'm Dipti Sarawit. I'm Layla Carrillo. And we are here to talk about cereal. Cereal. Well, we've had 12 episodes and they are done, but this is one of our bonus episodes that we are so excited to bring you. Uh, just to get you launched in, who knows where you are on the show. Maybe you've listened to the whole thing or haven't and are just curious, but since it's a bonus, we will just refresh you that you know, why we kind of do this podcast. So I'm a public radio producer, and when I listen to the show, I like to talk about it from the point of view of someone who thinks about public radio's show scripts and the sound clips that she's using and all of that good stuff. Dipti? I was a criminal prosecutor in Brooklyn, so I look at it through that lens. And um, I'm also South Asian, so I kind of look at it through an immigrant sort of lens. <laughs> um, and I look at it through a media critic skeptic lens. Uh, there's... I mean, I'm sure we will have a bonus episode soon about the impact of the show in general, and then I will go full hog on my feelings about Layla hates show. everything. I do. I do have a tendency to hate everything. I don't hate this entirely. I question it sometimes. <laughs> you don't hate this or the experience of this, or what part of this do you mean? Oh, I don't mean like this, a.k.a. the podcast. I mean this <laughs> meaning serial as like a general. Oh, I can't general. actually wait to see you just go nuts. Okay, we'll see. We'll or see. Here you go nuts. Day two, guys. <laughs> yeah, here you go nuts. Uh, but we're really excited because we have a special guest today, and we love when we get yeah. to do these. It's so exciting. Dipti, you want to introduce our guest? Sure. Our guest is, I think, also a fan of our podcast. His I name am. is <laughs> Judge Matthew Sharino, and he is an acting Supreme Court judge in Kings County, which is Brooklyn, New York. And uh, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank so you for so inviting me. It's very exciting to have such a figure of high stature speak with us. <laughs> it gives us a little credibility. It maybe. does. It does. I'm it really does. excited, guys. Yeah, all day today. I was like, ooh, the judge. The judge is coming. Yeah. Layla <laughs> thought it was really funny that I referred to you as the judge because she judge. doesn't come from a world where there are judges. Oh, yeah. No, I come from, I come from a sad <laughs> sad world. It's not a sad world. Well, just there's no judges in my world. That's that, some people might argue that that's a good thing. Right. Sure. Just saying. True. I, I mean, think I'm just going to get deeper into watching The Wire because of this, guys. I'm excited. And there's judge scenes in there, too. Oh, there are. <laughs> and can... also, guys, drinking at home, take a drink. As oh. The Wire has been mentioned. <laughs> Once. Once. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm starting off with something a little minute. But a, just a little correction that the judge informed me of in an email exchange we had. Guess what? Scanners smell. Scanners do smell. Scanners the, the, have a yeah, smell. The, the, the big scanners, if you, if you do some, some heavy-duty document production, and you're both, a lot of those machines are both copying and scanning at the same time. And, and listening to that particular machine that was in the background, it was that type of machine. So it would have had that... Not quite that elementary school retrograph smell, but something similar to yeah. that just because of the heat of the thermal. So she was right. It does I think she smell was. like yes. a laundry, like yes. a laundry smell. It, it, it almost is like the, the same kind of, it's that thermal steam kind of smell. Interesting. But as a radio producer, I have to say I'm excited that you said that you could tell from the sound of it that, you know, that it must have been a big one because... When I'm out producing in the field, I'm I'm often recording little sounds as I go, and people are like, "Why are you recording that?" And I'm like, "Because it fills out the story, and they don't yeah. get what I mean." Um, but yeah, you got to get all those little details, so that's fun. 
Yeah, uh, we just had a really big problem on our episode when we were just like, oh, Deirdre said it smelled like laundry, and we just freaked out if you didn't hear that episode. So that's why I brought that up. I probably should have mentioned that before. Right. Errata. Now we know. <laughs> Great. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thank you for being on our podcast. Uh, we just want to let our listeners know that you are not allowed to... in because of your position as an acting Supreme Court judge, you're not allowed to actually speak on the case of Serial, but you can answer a lot of our judgy questions. Yeah, correct. Because of ethical uh, rules that are that are in effect, uh, we can't comment on any ongoing case. Uh, this is an ongoing case, uh, and we also can't you know, criticize our colleagues or the lawyers or anything along those lines. But we are allowed to educate the public about the legal process and the judicial process, and, and granted my knowledge of of Maryland law is, is, is nil, but most criminal procedures are, are grounded in the Constitution, so they tend to be the same from state to state with little nuances with, within them. But th- there is enough similarities between the states that probably it's safe to comment on, on the judicial process and the legal process with, with questions that you might have as to that. That's great. great. It makes so much sense. Yeah. I think that's cool. Great. I want to start off with something that people have been reading a lot about lately, and that's the post-conviction relief that has been that people have been reading about online. That Adnan Syed has reapplied for post-conviction relief, and I think this can become a little confusing to people. Uh, in our first episode, I explained that what an appeal is, and you can only appeal if it's a matter of law and not fact, and if there was an error in a, a, an illegal rendering, um, and then. Also, after about, I think it's 12 years or 10 years, and this is what I want you to talk about, you get a post-conviction relief hearing? You, you, you can apply for post-conviction relief pretty much at, at almost any time after all of your appellate rights have been exhausted. When is that? When are the appellate rights exhausted? Appellate rights are triggered by the, the timing. So from the conviction, you have a certain amount of time to appeal your case. And if you don't appeal within that time, then it's generally you're not allowed to appeal it after that. And then you can look for post-release, uh, post-relief conviction motions. In New York, it's a 440 motion because it's Section 440 of the Criminal Procedure Law. I'm sure Maryland has a similar uh, mm-hmm. type of setting. And, and generally, post-relief uh, requests are due to the fact that uh, I, I didn't know what I was pleading to. I got bad advice. I, I think in this particular case, it's dealing with ineffective assistance of counsel. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a, 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 a general grounds that's seen a lot in 440 motions. You can't put forth a proposition of actual innocence as okay. a ground for post-relief uh, conviction motions. Uh, and, and, and every once in a while, the, the courts have changed on that issue. And, and, and the Court of Appeals uh, recently reaffirmed that position, that, that actual innocence is not a grounds What's for What's the legislative uh, reasoning for that, do you think? The, the, I, I, I just don't think they want to inundate the court system yeah. with regards to... Um, there, there is an appellate process. So if you think that your trial was not fair or if the judge made a mistake, yeah. then your relief lies in the appellate process. Otherwise, you'd be getting two new trials, and that's just unfair. Two or three, because yeah. you, gotta, you, you, can, 
you can appeal through the state system. Mm -hmm. And then if you still have a federal issue, mm -hmm. you can then go through the, right. the federal system on what's known as a writ of habeas corpus, which is, you know, the, the writ to take the body, um, saying that the state system did something to me that is unconstitutional. And you can have a whole other line of appeals as well in the federal system. So there, there is a lot of ways that a person who believes that um, they were unjustly convicted or because of an error at the trial can pursue. Here in Brooklyn, there's been a incredible amount of post-conviction review. Yeah. The, the, the current district attorney uh, took it upon himself to review hundreds and hundreds of cases. Oh, wow. In fact, he came out with a decision a couple of days ago where there are certain ones that they are going to look at even more thoroughly. There are other cases that they've joined in applications to dismiss and have basically said that it was a wrongful conviction. Mm -hmm. And the overwhelming majority after his review, he, he has said that, no, we, we think that those convictions were legitimate. Um, but he did do a, a really... He's aggressively uh, reviewing those. And, and a lot of them had to do with a particular detective that some people uh, said uh, made up confessions or coerced oh, confessions. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the cases dealt with that particular detective. Um, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, I always say that the legal system is, is not perfect, uh, and but there's a lot of people that try to make it really good and, mm -hmm. and and there is a lot of layers that try to um, correct mistakes I don't know everything I, I like to sometimes think that I do and, and some lawyers <laughs> will probably say that I might act like I do on occasion but I also know that there's judges above me that if I do something wrong will be able to correct that mistake I'm right. not gonna do anything that I know is wrong mm -hmm. But there are, you know, there's layers above me and, right. and, and people above me that are corrected. And then the appellate courts, which are policy courts, which are made up of multiple judges, and one of the reasons for that, and one of the reasons why diversity is so important on the appellate benches, is so that you get different perspectives, mm -hmm. so that when they review a case or a conviction, one of those judges can say, you know, I did this kind of law or looking at it from even a civil perspective, mm -hmm. or grew up in a particular area, right. or is a particular ethnicity. And, and, and as a result, might see something that one of the other judges wouldn't have seen. And those policy courts you know, set the policy for us. And when they tell us we should do something a certain way in the trial courts, that's what we do. Otherwise, we're going to be reversed. And judges generally don't like to be reversed. It's, sure. It's but it's like a system of checks and balances. Absolutely. Yes. And then that framework of... The appellate time versus this, you know, post-conviction relief time is like, but uh, to keeping it within reason. One, one, one of the, one of my sayings, especially when I talk to, to young lawyers, and I, I like talking to young lawyers, and I always have a lot of interns, is the system only has a chance of working is if you have a really good prosecutor and you have a really good defense lawyer. Then you have a pretty good chance of some kind of justice being done. Mm. Uh, if, if one side so overwhelms the other, you have a, a chance that you're going to have an injustice. Yeah. And, and so I, I always like, you know, really, really aggressive, good defense lawyers. Mm -hmm. and, and I like, you know, a real knowledgeable, very prepared prosecutor. It makes yeah. my life much easier when I'm doing a trial. Oh, yeah. 
No, that makes sense. That's yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, just so people know, these po- these uh, the reviews that people are doing. Uh, that the new district attorney of Brooklyn is doing, for example, it's done from the DA's office. It's separate from the Innocence Project, which I think some people might be a little confused about. Maybe not. I don't know. But... uh, No, that's a good point to make. uh, It's it's actually, you know, before people get all up in arms against ADAs and the DA's office, um, they do have a system where they're checking to make sure that these really old cases were properly prosecuted. For example, like... Like in this case, where they found that the detective was bad, or and really ADA new, ca- has new done cases some shady too, things. because you, you know, as being an assistant district attorney, you know, a case might come into you, and 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 you know, it's written up, and then you start your investigation, and lo and behold, when you start investigating the case, you realize that the victim maybe isn't telling the truth, and and right away, you know, we we would get. ADAs that would, that would say, especially if someone's in custody and they're mm-hmm. going to be in custody for a couple of days waiting grand jury action, uh, this happened a lot in Manhattan as well. The ADA would say, we want to advance the case, we want to release the defendant. Oh, right. Uh, we're not going to necessarily dismiss the case yeah. right now, mm-hmm. but there's an, we have enough concerns with the investigations mm-hmm. that judge we don't believe he should be set, that he should still be in custody. And we would cut the defendant from custody. And then usually those cases ended up being yeah. dismissed down the road. That's, I remember that happening. And, and the good officers encourage their ADAs to do that. Because a prosecutor has an incredible amount of power. Uh, there's a lot of discretion that a prosecutor has when it comes to uh, bringing a case or not bringing a case. The type of offer that could be made. Mm. And... I find that the good officers and the good supervisors are the ones that that don't penalize the assistants that are in the courtrooms from doing justice, mm-hmm. even if doing a justice isn't necessarily a win. The courtroom okay. really should not be a win-loss type of atmosphere. It, it, it's about trying to do justice. It mm-hmm. doesn't always happen. I'm sure there's a couple of cases that have been in the news recently that people have differing opinions on whether justice was done or not. And the system isn't perfect. And no system ever will be uh, because there's, there's human beings involved. And we are not perfect creatures in any way, shape, or form. Right? Which is what right. Serial taught us. Yes. Yeah. Humans are imperfect. Humans are imperfect. <laughs> Extremely imperfect, but interesting. Yeah. So, okay, now relating this to Serial without you actually talking about Serial, uh, Adnan had his big, like, I think 12 years after he was convicted, um, or sentenced, I think, he had his, what seemed like his last chance for a post-conviction relief hearing, and he lost that motion. And it seemed that nothing else could happen after that point, even though he's in prison for the rest of his life. So what were the motions that just happened? I know one was already denied uh one was for ineffective assistance of counselor uh it was either for the plea deal or it was for not bringing up asia the 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 not bringing up asia from my reading of the news stories and 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 always when you're when you're going with news stories you you never know how accurate the news stories are it's like even even with a trial i I, even in my personal life i don't ever comment on whether or not i think it was the right verdict or the wrong verdict because unless I was in that courtroom 
mm-hmm. and actually heard the evidence that that jury heard, mm-hmm. I don't think you're in a position to say whether that jury came up with the right decision or right. the wrong decision. Yeah. The, 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 the initial appeals were based on ineffective assistance of counsel in as much as, as yes, not looking for the alibi witness, et cetera. The that most, was the one 12 years later? Yes. Okay. The, 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 the most, most recent ones seem to be based on the, the argument that um, his lawyer never tried to get a good plea deal yeah. for him, which you know has a lot of interesting issues to explore in and of itself. Um, and, and then the Innocence Project is going along their own realm for the dealing DNA. with the DNA right. and, mm-hmm. and trying to get other tests more to show that it was someone else than to actually attack his conviction, although it's the same result. So the Asia alibi is out of the picture now. That's my it's, reading of the news that's stories. That's my reading, too, of the news stories, but I wasn't quite sure. And then, so the Maryland courts have received the prosecution's reply and, to, and now it's in the court's hands to make a decision. And and how long, that, that could take like a year. Do they have an unlimited amount of time to decide, don't they? No. You know, every state is, every, really every state is different. <laughs> and and, and, and in, my, in my legal career, the, one of the, uh, before I went to work in, in the court system as a law clerk even, one of the last cases I worked on for the firm that I worked at, um, I was 13 months into... Or, uh, clerking for a judge when the firm gave me a call and said, listen, we're having a party to celebrate our victory. Oh, wow. We finally got a decision <laughs> on the motion you made over a year ago. Oh, wow. So in, 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 in federal courts, and part of that is probably due to lifetime appointments, mm. you can't really rush a federal judge to do anything that a federal judge doesn't want to do. Right. Other than, like everything else, we all have bosses. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are supervising right. judges above the federal judges but again, the judge can tell his boss when you have a lifetime appointment, uh, no. <laughs> Suck it. Those, those, those of us that have you know, other judges above us, we, we actually, in New York, we have, a, we have to account for every motion that we have that's over 60 days old. Oh. And we have to explain to our administrative judge bosses oh, okay. why yeah. this motion is over 60 days old. None of us want many if any on that right that looks bad on you yeah I, i've never had a motion over 15 days old um Bragging. so, so <laughs> absolutely. I, I actually gave a little bit more time it's usually within a week but but the 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 um you know but you have to account for anyone's and and you're going to get a call from your administrative judge if you don't have a good reason why that motion is taking so long okay i'm glad about and, and a lot of times the one area where we have the motions that take so long are these 440 post-conviction motions. Uh. And usually it's because we're waiting for one particular side to give their reply to the motion I see. for the post-conviction relief. And, and a lot of times that has to do with the assistant district attorney has those records in an archive, in a warehouse, right. yeah. in the Navy Yard. So it's going to take you 20, to 30 die, you know? years, yeah. <laughs> weeks, months to get the papers so that the ADA, yeah. the one who did the trial, is probably long ago gone, right. <laughs> has to review all of those things and then put mm-hmm. forth some kind of legal argument why, yes, I'm going to join in that motion. I right. agree that there was something wrong. We should set it aside. Or they sometimes will try to work on a new deal. Mm-hmm. A lot of times with the post-conviction 
relief motions, it's due to an immigration consequence. Oh. So the person pled guilty to X, Y, Z. Now, because of a different interpretation, maybe, that the federal government is taking, X, Y, Z is going to result in this person being deported. Right. That wasn't necessarily what the assistant district attorney wanted either. Right. So they'll sometimes come back and say, you know, rather than this plea, we're going to do it to this charge, and there's less of a chance of this resulting in an automatic deportation. So sometimes, in a lot of cases, the, the, everyone will get together uh, in order to, you know, vacate his original conviction, oh, wow. and then the person will plead to something else, or the person has lived a long-abiding life, and, and, and they're now... Because there's also a mechanism of, you know, expunging your criminal record. Oh, yeah. right. There's there's pardons, which we've all heard of, that the governor can do, that the president can do. There's even, you know, more methods of, of, of rescuing someone from a conviction. In this state, we've now taken almost a 180 with regards to the prostitution offenses, mm. where we really don't want to treat, rightfully so, the victim, who's the prostitute in a lot of cases, as a defendant, because she's as much forced into that lifestyle because of sex trafficking and human well, they trafficking. they take that into account? Yeah. And, and as a result, there's special parts now that are designed for this. That. Oh, wow. And they'll literally expunge years and years worth of prostitution convictions. Just gone. That's uh, so interesting. In order to give the person who takes various... You have to do things to this. You have to take programs. You have to you know, right. clean up your life. Yeah. Part of it is cooperating with regards to the actual people that are the criminals, which are the pimps and the human traffickers. And right. you'll end up with a clean slate mm-hmm. criminal record and you know, go forth and have a good life, hopefully. Right. You know, oh, wow. to me, I think this is nice to hear because everyone hates the criminal justice system right now because of all these grand jury um, non-indictments that have happened. And uh, it just goes to show, I mean, I'm not pro or against. I'm, I think, both ways. But right. there are checks in place. Yeah. They're not, I mean, there's just like, it's not, everyone. yeah, it's not like a spoiled institution Completely. Entirely. Entirely. Yeah. There's a lot I mean, of really good that. reasons for the grand jury system and the secrecy of the grand jury. And, and, Do you and, want to explain and, the grand jury to people? It's very complicated. New York City is actually one of the rare places that uses grand juries as much as, as, as it does. I mean, mm. every case in New York, every felony in New York, for the most part, uh, starts with a, with a grand jury. Uh, the rest of the country does what are called preliminary hearings for the oh, most right. part. Oh, right. Yeah, they did that in Chicago. And, 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 and in those preliminary hearings, a judge, hearing the evidence, determines that there's basically good cause um, that a felony was convicted, and then the case gets held over uh, in order for that trial to happen. That system actually can be very slow moving. Mm-hmm. It could take a very long time to get that preliminary hearing. You know, there are speedy trial rights, but they're not as fast as some of the New York rules. Mm-hmm. New York, you have to basically have a grand jury investigate and indict or not indict someone almost within five days. Oh, so wow. someone who's in, if there's 
the grand jury doesn't indict, they're released basically in, in, in five days. And on that note, I just want to add that that is why that is like the most stressful time of your life, I feel, as an ADA. You just are terrified. Because if someone gets out of prison and they shouldn't have, which happens, or right. or they stay, you want to die. Because you feel like it's on you. Yeah, and you get in trouble. Right. You know, you totally do. And ugh, it's so scary. Yeah. And you just are running around that grand jury. Um, anyone who's served on a grand jury before, just I, some of my friends have. And after their two weeks are up, they come out and they're like, they think that they're like criminal lawyers at that point. <laughs> but they're just like, you guys are nuts. Or this person wasn't prepared or this or that. I'm like, you have no idea what it's like. Right. The yeah. intensity. Like you get a case that morning and have to indict it. An indictment is when you... Uh, get a jury to say, yeah, we think that a felony was committed. It's not for misdemeanors, uh, just in case people didn't know that. Right, but right. Anyways, sorry, go and, ahead. And, 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 in, in a lot of places, and in the federal system for the most part, the grand jury is used for the investigation. And the grand jury does almost all of its work. And generally, if it then indicts, that's when the marshals go and get the person and then the indictment falls and everything happens all at once. So there's not that same kind of pressure grand jury that there is in New York. And, and, and there's a difference between those investigative grand juries and the ones that are just almost doing one case just after wrote, the other yeah. case after mm. the other case. The, the investigative ones have as much time as they think that they need to come to a decision. Oh, right. And they can ask for witnesses. The grand juries and the foreman of the grand jury are really the ones that are in charge of the whole process. The prosecutor is almost a servant to the grand jury. Mm. It doesn't always work that way in reality because mm. sometimes the grand jurors don't really know the process. But they're allowed to tell the prosecutor, we want to hear from this witness. Oh, wow. Or we don't yeah. believe you proved any felonies, but we do believe that a misdemeanor was committed. You, the prosecutor, should file a prosecutor's information and bring the case in the lower court. So the grand jury has a mm. lot of power. And, and, and in, in other states, it's it's only really those investigative grand juries, whereas in New York City, because of the high volume and, and, and other reasons, um, and also someone doesn't sit in jail for a very long time that shouldn't be there, the system does one case after the other after the other, and if they indict the person, if the person hasn't made bail, that person stays in jail. Hmm. So that's Grand Jury 101. <laughs> yeah, you, you could probably do a thousand podcasts. You actually, on yeah, jury. you like train for weeks. Well, they've got like those uh, like 60 second podcasts that explain right. different topics. And that right. was like, that was our version of that Grand Jury. Version. I have a bunch more other questions, but do you guys have something I want to be in my cog? I always like the legal questions from the non-lawyers because yeah, they're probably yeah. way more interesting. Most of the lawyers have know know what the answers are. Sure, and, my and, questions and, tend to be more responsive. So, like, you'll say something, and then I will think of something I want to ask. But yeah, I don't have any like big pressing legal questions. I, I really about. liked your your podcast with the the juror experts. I can comment on oh, your, your podcast. Thank you. Yeah, I can't comment on the case. <laughs> and, and 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 she yeah, brought she us. brought up <laughs> a, talk about us. she brought up a couple of jury reforms. Oh yeah, yeah. right. And, and and New York does do some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she talked about preliminary instructions uh, as telling the the jury beforehand right. a little bit about the case and about the rules of law mm-hmm. and and the the um, one of the other reforms that a lot of reformers 
put forth is to give the jurors the, the, the written final instructions. Right. And, and to... Um, Which the judge is showing us right now. It's very intense. <laughs> That's what that sound was. <laughs> it was sound of paper. Yeah. And uh, so that the jurors would be able to slowly digest. Right. So they hand it to them. Right. That's yeah. one of the potential reforms. Right. But you, you, you would need both sides, which generally means the defense counsel, because the prosecutor will generally always say yes to that, um, to give the, the jury instructions to the jurors. Most mm. of the time, defense counsels will not consent to it, so usually it's not done. Some judges now Why is have that? taken... Why yeah. is that? Is it just like more information is... The cynical answer yeah. is, yeah, is, that, is that defense lawyers want to create confusion. Right, right. That's, that's right. the cynical answer. Yeah. Um, totally, because the standard is so high to convict. My, my, my answer is a little bit less cynical. Okay. <laughs> I think that a lot of the older lawyers mm-hmm. don't believe in it. So they instruct their lawyers to never consent. So the new lawyers coming in are because the supervising lawyers tell right. them don't ever consent. So they're to just it. going on a even traditional if, even thing. if they would personally think that it's not a bad idea. Right. Yeah. Um, because I would assume that most people that are called to be jurors probably don't have an extensive knowledge of any sort of like legal machines or or just. The system in general, I mean, I feel like I, I, as I was walking home with the juror expert, we were just sort of thinking, like, if anything were ever to happen to us, like, just picking out 12 people on the street, I mean, that's so scary it's to so me. so scary. Absolutely. Because just, I mean, just... Your life is in their hands. In their hands. It's like, I don't trust anyone. <laughs> Really? I hope like, you never commit a crime. Well, I to. intend not to commit any crimes. But you never know if a crime of passion will That's true. Might come snap. Up. <laughs> I could just I could just snap. Who knows? Yeah, but that's just that's very scary to me because I just imagine that not a lot of people are super informed and then there they are at the end of the day. Essentially But that's kind of the design of it all. Right, exactly. You know? Yeah. I mean I understand its purpose, but it's also really scary because it's so complicated i mean everything that you had said before i wanted to be like do you still want to be a lawyer layla because it's just yeah. layers upon layers of oh it's so much you right. know yeah i mean you're not the only person running the entire district attorney's office there's obviously like so many hundreds of people involved in sure. making certain decisions and everything but it's and having selected jury juries in three counties i can tell you that it's very different as to the jury pool in, right. in the three oh, counties. Sure. Right. And, and it could absolutely have an effect with regards to the type of case depending on the jury pool. And, and there's even yeah. been a bit of a... A lot of defense lawyers have been complaining in the last few years as to the jury pool in Brooklyn changing in that yeah. it's become much more of an affluent mm-hmm. jury pool. Right. And it might have been 10 years ago. I happen right. to be a, a very big believer. Which I think believer. will make a more, maybe more defense problem, but maybe more prosecution you, you problem. I see know. it both ways. You know, I, I, have, I have found that the juries in most cases that I have had have come to a very reasonable decision. Mm. Not always necessarily the same as I would have done, mm-hmm. but certainly a reasonable uh, decision. And, and you also have to remember, in, in every case, there's one more juror 
in the room than the jurors that are in the box. Right. The judge is also a juror to some extent. Mm. If someone is found guilty, I can still acquit that person if I believe that the prosecution didn't prove that case beyond the reasonable doubt. How often doubt. does that happen? Not a lot of judges necessarily will do that. They, they, they'd rather it go to the appeal. I, I've seen it done. I mean, mm-hmm. there must be so much scrutiny. There could be. And, and in a lot of those cases, I think the, the district attorney's office, unless it's a judge that would do it a lot, I think just takes it. I mean, mm-hmm. and, 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 and might say to that assistant, listen, you probably would have lost the appeal anyway. There was a reason uh, that that judge did what that judge did. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if I know that there was a couple of cases where I sent the jury in the back, and if they didn't come out with an acquittal, because it was close, and maybe I could have even not given it to the jury to begin with, hmm. but I reserved decision, it? and I reserved my decision, and I let the jury deliberate, and they came back. And in those cases where I wasn't that convinced, they were all not guilty pretty quick. Oh, wow. So I, I really, I, I have come out to be a, a even firmer believer in the jury system, right. having done it a lot of times now, mm-hmm. than I was when I was in law school thinking about the jury system mm-hmm. and, and that. So yeah, it, it really, I mean, maybe that's where my perspective comes from, because just, like, I'm just coming at it from, like, gosh, if I were just to, like, pick 12 people from Penn Station, I would just be like, all right, I'm done. Like, yeah. Jurors well, you know really that take it seriously. smell your hatred of hockey. Right, exactly. Get this girl I mean, out if you're talking here. Penn Station specifically. I'm just, yeah, just as a general whole. Another yeah. great reform that I'd like to see states do, uh, possibly someday, is we talk about the alternate jurors. And right from the get-go, they're alternate jurors. And, and, and you'll tell me that uh, you don't put as much effort in necessarily the selecting of the alternate no. jurors as you did with your I main guess- panel. Yeah, you're almost I mean, it's tired been a while, by that but point. Yeah, you're tired. Right. You pick twelve, and it's just—it's too much. You're and like, some right. people say that the alternate jurors don't pay attention because they know that they're not going to. Like, right, it doesn't here. really matter. Right, yeah. you're just I don't torturing me. So, so one of the reforms is you pick your fourteen jurors, let's say, or your fifteen, or your sixteen. Mm-hmm. No one is an alternate juror until the end, and I then see. in the end, in the wheel, you pick out. Who 12, your final 12 that is. go I think into delivery. I'm that's for smart. it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's one of the idea. reforms that, that some Because, people like, what have if, put God forward. forbid, like, something happens to one of the 12, and then your that alternate happens. is just like, right. I don't know, that's I wasn't even checked out the whole time. I mean, I would hope that that wouldn't be the case, but. Yeah, like, yeah. you told me I was alternate number four, and I knew there were three people before me yeah. that right. was even going to get to. Yeah. Are there? A few judges have taken towards putting their instructions on PowerPoint. Oh, yeah. Huh. And, and, and mm. there's also a, a new creation. It hasn't come into the, the criminal realm yet. It's only in the civil realm. It's called a summary jury trial. And it's a condensed trial. We squeeze the whole trial into one day. Huh. Each side basically gets an hour's worth of testimony that they can divvy up any way that they like. There's a lot of stipulation as to what's oh. going to be into evidence and what's not going to like be. Like before, so that doesn't have to be presented. Not presented. Yeah. The juries, juries are given a binder with all of the submissions, all of the exhibits. They take it in the back, they deliberate. It's a shortened jury instruction. Usually it's done with high-low cases in in like accidents and stuff Mm -hmm. and with insurance companies and they'll 
they'll agree on a, a high number and a low number. I see. And then the summary trial takes place. And it's a way of getting, because it's just such a huge backlog, especially in civil cases, uh, to get a lot of cases My done. vote on that one is a no. Just because they're not going to read that big binder. Well, it's also as of part of the, the close. Part of the closing refers to the binders. Mm-hmm. They have, they're very heavy on PowerPoint and multimedia. They make it as nice part, to so, read. Absolutely, it, it's it's a very glossy. And I get binder. the point. The docket is so full and everything, but I just well, good thing I'm not a legislator. <laughs> Don't vote me. Into the office. experiment has worked well. It has. It, it's the, so the it people have like, done it. It's reduced the backlog. The backlog. It, it basically it, it's almost making into a, an arbitration or a mediation type thing. It brings yeah. those people together. And, and, and where they're really not that far off in the numbers anyway. That's so interesting to me because I feel like a PowerPoint to me is just almost like the precursor to it almost just being like, here's a, like, here's a... Here's, here's a, a trial. Sh- yeah, <laughs> like, here's a show to yeah. just, so that you can Watch this digest this information. And, yeah, kind yeah. of, right? I mean... But it also sounds just kind of up to date with how we are used to getting information. Exactly. At this point. Because exactly. like we're so used to visuals and memes, right? And like whatever. I mean, I guess what me I'm coyly trying to say is that like, could it be not in this, not in the way that serial was sort of created, but sort of is that the future of like how information gets passed in a legal way? I feel so that jurors can be more, I don't know, engaged and or. Yeah. Just understand it. I mean, informed. it's about clarity to a degree. And clarity, yeah. I mean, I'm just speaking out of turn. But I mean, no, just it, even the you're idea not speaking of the, out of turn. <laughs> but just even the idea of like the written instructions that we were talking about earlier. Right. It's like I think of just the fact that when I would produce moth slams, we would pick different groups of judges mm-hmm. uh, from the audience who would be judging the night, and I would have to explain to them verbally all the rules of how they're supposed to be judging this show. But then we always handed them something. Because usually about halfway through the show, we could tell that their scores would start to change. So we also yeah, handed right. them something so that they could refer back to it. Yeah, for yeah. that. Um, I, and also just depending on how people really absorb information. I mean, that's I, the thing. People absorb information differently. Differently. I, like, I, we were talking previously. I used to live in California. And so whenever um, uh, voting day comes around, you get like a packet yeah. in the mail. And it basically tells you all of the different um, candidates and the different, um, uh, you know, uh, the propositions. The propositions, yes, that are coming up and all that stuff. California, there's lots of propositions. There's so, we love our propositions out there. Because there's a lot of them. I mean, and it's like a thick, it almost looks like a college course catalog binder, almost. Like maybe for a community college. It's substantial amount of information. But I would tell you that by the third proposition, I'm like, all right, yeah, <laughs> I'm done. Or like, I'll just start reading it, and I'll be like, I have no, I have no idea what's what I just read. Yeah. But if there's one that maybe you've been hearing about more than others, and you're like, I don't know which way I lean, then you know that you can refer to that. Right. Or maybe I've already check. come to it with some sort of information from I don't know whatever source that I read about mm-hmm. that proposition from. But it's, I mean, it's just, it's a lot. 
of stuff I to guess, digest. I guess part of the strategy would just be making your binder super cool. <laughs> well, <laughs> easy to read. I mean, but is it also something that they're expected to read from beginning to end, or is it like, here's the image of the thing we're talking about so you can refer know. back yeah, to it here? They're, they're not like five-inch binders. Right. You know, you, you, oh. You're talking your, your half-inch inch binders. It'll have the medical reports usually because mm-hmm. one, one of the great savings for the summary trial is you don't have to bring in the doctors. The stipulations are as oh, to really? the medical reports. Oh, so those medical sure. reports are given, and they might be highlighted into the binder as to what are the important parts of the right. medical records. Right. And they're so, making reference to it, I would imagine, when they are speaking within their right. hour, and then it's like, well, here's here's what we're talking about. And, and, the, and the parties are more willing to do this because of the overwhelming expense of expert witnesses. Yeah, sure. Expert oh, witnesses are very, very expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, going back to a criminal thing, uh, Layla, you had a question about the Alford plea in the West Memphis oh, that's Three right. case. Yeah, um, and it was mainly just like a question of what it is. It, it's in, in, in a lot of states they call it a no low contendere plea. Mm-hmm. It's basically uh, I'm saying that I've looked at the evidence. I know I'm not going to beat it, so I'm going to plead guilty in order to get freedom, a better deal, right. mm-hmm. along those lines. In New York, it's an Alfred plea or Serrano plea, and and, and I'm not a fan, mm-hmm. just personally. I I've I don't accept them personally mm. because because if if I'm going to sentence someone, I want them to admit their guilt, and if they won't admit that they're guilty, then I think there should be a trial. And right. so that that's just a, a personal thing. Some judges will take it, and maybe there's a set of facts that'll come before mm-hmm. me that. I might change my mind. Yeah. Right. But but I, I really am, am you know, I, I want that admission of if guilt. Otherwise, I really don't want you to plead guilty. I mean, right. if in the middle of an allocution, if a defendant says to me, yeah, I, I just want to get out of here, that'll right. oh, bring more questions for me. Like, you right. know, are you really guilty or are you pleading guilty just to get out of here? And right. if his answer is, no, I didn't do it, I said, I'm not taking the plea. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll discuss your bail situation. We'll discuss mm-hmm. other things. Mm-hmm. And, 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 but I'm not going to take a plea if, if, if you say that you're innocent. Yeah, right. I don't know if you can answer this, but is that a possibility in Adnan's case? As to what? The possibility of having an Alfred plea. Or do you not know if Maryland has them even? Almost every state has some kind of version of it. Okay. And... and, and and maybe that's what, you know, because you, you can make the argument that logically to put forth as a grounds of appeal that you weren't given a plea when you're saying in a particular case that you were absolutely innocent. So if you're my lawyer and I say, I didn't do it, mm-hmm. and you go to the prosecutor and says, listen, my client didn't do it. He's not pleading anything. Are you at fault as the lawyer for not aggressively trying to get a deal. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's that situation that some people might have a logical disconnect, understanding how he can make that plea. So maybe he's talking, you know, could you have explored a, a nolo contendere or an Alfred plea uh, right. from the prosecutor? Maybe. It doesn't sound like Christina tried to get any pleas. <laughs> yeah, but which, I, just, which I think everyone thinks is an interesting... Yeah, he thing says to not he was bring bullied up. into not asking for a plea. Right. Well, if and he wanted, if he, if he if there wanted was something that he was asking her for, and that she just didn't do, well, then that's an interesting question. Yeah. Right. 
do you? That, that's a whole area of, of, you know, criminal justice to begin with as well. There's, there's a, a defendant has certain rights to do certain things, and a lawyer doesn't necessarily have to always follow their client's instructions back right. to the grand jury. In New York and in most places, you have the absolute right to testify before the grand jury. So if you tell the prosecutor, I want to testify in front of the grand jury, they have to give you that opportunity. Right. Now, in order to get that opportunity, you have to waive immunity. Most people that testify before a grand jury are given immunity so that they will say stuff truthful even if it might be harmful to them. Mm -hmm. So if you're a defendant, you clearly can't have immunity because you could right. just say, yes, I did it, and that would be the end of it. Mm -hmm. A lawyer can still say, I know you want to testify, and tell the court my client's not testifying at oh, the grand sure, jury yeah. because that's considered a strategic decision. And in those strategic decisions, the lawyer's decision is, is final, not what the defendant wants, wants to do. And quite some, honestly, they know the system better. So some you're lawyers hoping, take yeah, the position, that, my client wants to testify, I'm going to put him in. Right. It depends on, on what you want to do and your beliefs as, as a lawyer. Right. Uh, and, and I've had several cases where, in my opinion, the prosecutors didn't necessarily prove the case beyond a reasonable doubt. Mm -hmm. And the defendant testified at the trial and proceeded to prove the prosecution's case for yeah. them. Yeah, wow. And, and, you know, so, you know, there's, there's the whole decision of whether or not someone, uh, maybe even in this case, should have testified with regards to um, this trial. Mm -hmm. And the lawyer sometimes will make the decision not to. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that's for a very, very, very good reason. Right. And I think with this, without getting into, I guess, areas that you can't talk about, I think one of the things that we've said about this show before is that, um, you know, this is a case that was just so like ripe for interesting storytelling because there were these elements. So yeah, maybe in general, you would hear that a lawyer hadn't, that a, a defense lawyer hadn't asked for a plea deal like that. And you would go like, oh, okay, well, they're an expert. But then when you have a story like this specifically where then a year later she's disbarred it makes everything else seem much more questionable so yeah of course it's a question that people mm -hmm. are going to ask and mm -hmm. listeners are going to ask and people that are putting the story together are going to ask you know on that note and we'll talk about this more in a different bonus episode but i feel like serial was presented after after the whole series has ended and weeks have passed and i've thought about it some more it's just was presented as a defense case you know what I mean? Like she just she was a she was a defense attorney, Sarah Koenig. And a lot of that is based on the Yurik interview. Yeah. We'll talk about that Yurik interview cuz that Yurik interview to me was sort of like, wow. I he just kind of I don't know, it's almost like if I could put like a visual analogy to that interview, it was almost as if he just took his hand and was just like yes. <laughs> Just put it in her face. Yeah. It was just like, no, just you go write your tinkle tinkle stories and I'll stick to doing the lawyer yeah. stuff. Layla was seriously impressed. I was her. just like, I was, I was kind of wowed by it. You wanted well, we'll to be talking about we'll talk all about of the it. interviews in an we'll entirely separate it. bonus episode. Yeah, but it, it was really interesting to me that in his, in the interview and just stuff that kind of came from it that yeah i mean I, I i don't know like maybe i maybe i do get swayed back and forth but i i mean 
It was a great interview. It was a great interview. And, and you got a great promo for your next uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys stay tuned for that. The interviews. The interviews. Um, uh, yeah. I just, have a couple tiny minute questions that I'm just curious about. Do, okay. you let, do you let jurors look at their phones during the trial? Do you like yell at them? No, no, no phones. No phones. No phones. And, and when they go to deliberate, the phones are collected. Oh, they are. Absolutely. In every case, oh. the, uh, the 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 phones the, the phones will, will are literally put in a pile. And 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 I I used to take an informal survey amongst myself as to how it went from majority blackberries. To half and half, to all you saw was iPhones, to a little bit mix of the droids coming in. So. How do you use that information to invest in the tech company? No, not not at all. But and it used to be their beepers used to be collected oh, yeah. when right. they first started. Right. Uh, it was it was. But you beepers. let them take notes. No. You don't. No. Some judges do. So, some do, and in a long enough trial. Um, it, it could be done. We have a prof- as part of our jury instructions. When I tell them the reason that they're not taking notes mm. is we have a professional note taker that's here, <laughs> and that's the court reporter. The court yeah. reporter takes down every single word. If and you they want to hear something, something, right, we'll read it back to you. Mm-hmm. And 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 we want you to just focus because in and there's a lot of reason for this. And and I was initially on the the for the reform of a lot of jury taking, jury note taking. Mm-hmm. And, and then as I saw in practice more and more trials, I, I realized that I don't think it's a good idea. Because you want the jury to focus on that witness. Because it's that witness's mannerisms and the way they talk mm-hmm. and the, the way they look and how they tell the story. The sweat running down their face. All right. of those things that, that yeah. influence credibility. Fidgeting. You can really only get See that. if yeah. you're watching the witness testify. And if you're trying to take notes, and you're going to miss things. And, and, and if you get 12 people to take notes, there ain't a single one of them that's going to match <laughs> right. any other person. Right. And now the jury deliberations going to be over, was my note right yeah. or was your note right? Mm-hmm. Rather than what was actually said, mm-hmm. because both of you might be wrong. And you can all go so back. So right. if you don't remember what witness X said, mm-hmm. you send me a note. And you say, we'd like witnesses X testimony read back as to, you know, the collision on the corner. And the court reporter reads it back, and then you go back and deliberate. Mm-hmm. Same if, if you don't understand one of my instructions. I'll read it to you again. If you still don't understand it, because some of it is, you know, maybe a little bit too legal easy. Sure. The, the defense attorney, me, and the prosecutor will get together and try to come up with something mm, that we all nice. can somewhat agree with mm-hmm. as to explaining it. Yeah. Um, I've seen some of my colleagues, you know, they, they almost read it to themselves. <laughs> and, and, and I don't think necessarily that anyone is paying attention. Right. Um, right. I, I use my iPad when I do my jury instructions. I have a teleprompter. Mm. And I have the instructions scrolling on the screen. So I can look at the jurors, and they don't see the teleprompter, and, and, and this way I can genius. have. <laughs> I, I like people thinking that. It's, it's, it's a lot of it is smoke and mirrors, um, and, and I can have that eye contact. So if right. I see a juror yeah. really is glazing over, mm-hmm. I can kind of maybe tweak it a little bit, change yeah. the tone, so of the that yeah. Uh, you know, another yeah. trick, you know, you, you really, a judge's job is, is, is many things. You, you're ruling on the evidence in the trial, um, 
But taking care of the jurors is one of my main goals. I want to make sure that they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that they're paying attention, that the court staff treats them well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and if I see one maybe losing interest, maybe the courtroom's very warm mm. and they didn't get a good night's sleep, you know, I'm going to instruct my court officer to give them a glass of water. Trick I learned from the judge I used to work for. It's very hard to fall asleep <laughs> if you're holding a glass of water. That's true. Oh. And if you drink cold water, it'll wake you up. Yeah. Right. Or I'm going to take a five-minute recess. You know, another one of the reforms that a lot of people for very long trials, uh, instead of just having having an opening at the beginning and a closing at the end, every like second or third huh. day, they let the lawyers do like five-minute summaries of oh. what you've heard before oh, right. and last what you're going to hear again. Last this time trial. on this trial. Right. <laughs> and that's one of the reforms that, you know, there's, all the, there's a lot of groups, Fund for Modern Courts and other mm. organizations right. that put forth jury reform. The, the, the predecessor Court of Appeals judge, uh, Judith Kay, one of her main focuses was on jurors and jury reform, mm. and, and, and a lot was done to that, uh, to that area, including making it so that everyone has to be un- eligible for jury duty, including myself. I right. get jury notices just like everybody else. Um, and have you had to serve on a jury recently? I, I haven't. I have never served. Yeah. I, I've, I've been in the pool twice and never selected. Once when I was a court attorney and, and once when I was a Do you think anybody would select you? Or do you? I've had the judge that I used to work for, we had a federal judge mm-hmm. sit on one of our trials mm-hmm. once. I mean, wow. I, I don't think I would necessarily <laughs> ever sit in a criminal case, Mm -hmm. but possibly in a civil case, although I have as many years civil experience as I do criminal, so I I don't know who would would pick me, but someone someone picked Rudy Giuliani (laughs) on a jury, so you never say never, he he served, and and, and did his civic duty, and you know, didn't try Mm -hmm. to get out of it, and actually served on the case, and I think everyone was very surprised. Yeah, and let's not forget Oprah was also, she served on a jury when I was an intern at the Cook County State's Attorney's Office, and everyone was super stoked. I, I had the, the dean of a law school um, in Manhattan. Not that serve, she's a lawyer. But. Serve, serve on one of my uh, one of my juries once. Oh wow! And, and so I, I was I was worried that I would be doing things wrong because you know, <laughs> right. he, yeah. he was he was a dean with a heck of a pedigree. So yeah. it, was, it, it was interesting even on on my end. Back in the hot seat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Have you ever? Because I totally think this happens. Do you think that? kids come in high and do you ever like say come on you got to get out i think that definitely Wait, people oh, what you, kids like, are you jurors? talking about no like kids meaning like you know they're adults but they're young adults i think that they're like, like jurors. Jurors. jurors yeah it's jurors i think they come in in the morning and they're stoned because they're like oh i have to be here all day no <laughs> I, I, I've had good. Okay. I've had good jurors. They've, you know, some of them I, I've noticed you know, on, on a particular really morning out of it. Were, were maybe a little sleepy and, and uh-huh. didn't get enough sleep. And, and I've okay. and I'll ask that question. You know, he, he's and, and I've gotten the answer. I, I really I was out late last night, or mm-hmm. I was in a accident and I was right. in the hospital. I'm and, a and, bartender, and, and you're and making I'll, me wake I'll, up. I'll, right. pursue, <laughs> I'll pursue whether or not he's able to sit on, on right, the case right, or not. Right. Or do you want uh, another recess or, or a break? And, and I don't like doing that because I like getting the trials right. done be, as mm-hmm. much for the jurors as anyone else. Because yeah. I think you've made a good case for your efficiency. Yes. I try. Yes. Uh-huh. I try. Very efficient. And, but so I, I've been blessed with pretty good juries. That's mm-hmm. good. Do yeah. you think that they talk... Especially as far as, 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 as a microphone is concerned. <laughs> do, you, do you think that they 
actually talk about the case when they're not supposed to in the jury room? I think they do. How could you not? There's very little that they have in common other than the case that's right. there. So it's my job to make sure that they don't. And, and, and I, as part of my instructions to them, I say, listen, I know it's human nature. Yeah. Right. I know you want to talk about this case. Right. I know you want to talk about whether you like this lawyer mm-hmm. or you don't like this lawyer totally. or if you like the shoes of the witness. Yes. I know there's all of this that you want to talk about. Yeah. And I say, I really, really need you to promise me that you're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Talk about sports. Mm-hmm. Talk about where you want to go shopping. Mm-hmm. Talk about anything and everything except for this. Get to know each other. You just I, say, I say there's going to be all kinds of things you're going to find you have in common with each mm-hmm. other. Right. And, and, and just try. And, you know, is, does it slip? There's enough of them that'll say, listen, we're not supposed to talk about that. Yeah, that's true. And it right. keeps Within everyone else in check. There's always the whistleblower, totally. which will keep them honest to some extent. Yeah. So I really try. And, and, and That would be me, honestly. Social media <laughs> has added that. an incredible new dynamic. Oh, people have gotten in lots of trouble. All of this. I, I lecture around the country, actually, on social media law to lawyers and electronic oh, wow. discovery and, and all of that kind of stuff. But to you, you, it's so easy to tweet about a case, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. to make a Facebook post about a case. And again, I explain that to, and, and I warn them, I tell them, and it's true, that I'm on all of them. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm going to monitor Watching you. you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if I see anything, and, you know, I don't, you know, it's, 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 you just have to warn them that you might think it's innocent. It might right. be so, so innocent. Mm-hmm. But the appearance of it is not innocent. Mm-hmm. And we really need you to you know, just take a break from Facebook for the week. Yeah. Don't tweet about the case. Tweet about anything you want, just not about the case. Yeah. And you, know, you, you hope that they'll do that. Uh, it, I often see, not often, but sometimes see Facebook posts like, on jury duty, oh dear God, or oh, I'm on jury duty, or I'm on grand jury, and they're like complaining or happy. And if I know them well, I just You'll text call them, them out. I'm like, just... You just don't do that. It's not worth if, if it. They, yeah. If they're saying, you listen, I can't trouble. believe I'm on jury duty or, oh, I'm on a trial. You know, as long as they're not talking about the case. I'm afraid that they'll start talking about the case. Th- that's, that's, that's the slippery That's the slippery slope. Like, how is it? What have you seen? Well, I've seen a homicide. I've right, seen right. Yeah. Rape. Because someone's going to comment and sure. Yeah, know, and it does compromise. <laughs> To yeah. this day, I remember my, when, when my, my mother's father, my grandfather, served on a, on a grand jury in, in Brooklyn as a, as a, when I was a little, little kid. And he wouldn't tell anybody, you know, what they were doing, what they were discussing. And, and, you know, I didn't even know. What the, all I, I just couldn't understand why he wouldn't tell us where he was right. going and what the case was about. <laughs> and, and, and he just, you know, never, never wouldn't. And even when it was over, he just like refused to talk oh. about it. And you're allowed to talk about it when it's right. 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 <laughs> I've like uh, jurors have come up to me after a trial or grand jury thing and totally just talk smack about what went on in court. And I just like would stand there and be like, "God, that's so interesting." <laughs> the the, the, pros- the prosecutors in Manhattan are, are are told basically not to talk to the jurors afterwards. Um, but you can hold the jury. Some, you know, absolutely, when in the courtroom. But I'm talking like outside, outside the courtroom when right. we release them. The defense yeah. attorneys a lot of times will talk to the jurors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the prosecutor, I think it's almost a, you don't want to know. Correct. Necessarily yeah. everything that went on in, in mm-hmm. the deliberation room. For young lawyers, I think it's a great thing to talk about to, to the jurors and, and to find out 
um, you know, did you understand, when I questioned this mm-hmm. witness, oh, right. yeah. did you understand what mm-hmm. I was doing? You don't want to ask, you know, do you, why did you do that? Right. Or yeah. Why did you come to a guilty verdict? Why did you come to right. it? But was I understandable when I tried to do this? Because right. I, I think as a, as a young lawyer, I think it's, it's invaluable to make you a better lawyer. And yeah. that goes back to what I said in the beginning, that I really want both lawyers to be really, really, really good. Yeah. Like, not, like, aggressive, but not just so off-putting. Like, Gutierrez was so off-putting, and there's a lot of attorneys that are just, they're good, but they, ugh, they're so annoying in court, and I know. Right. I, but see, I, that's, I, that's so the hard, because it's them. such a personality thing. Yeah. I mean... But the jurors I love every them. attorney that appears in front of me. Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> as good. far as there's a microphone You are neither pro-defense nor pro-prosecution. That's a true thing, though, because I've never been a prosecutor. Mm. Oh. I was a defense attorney in environmental law for, you know, environmental firms, but, but never a defense lawyer for any kind of criminal. Uh, most of my career was, was as a law secretary for a judge. Oh, mm-hmm. so, so I've, very I, I've always been in the middle. So mm-hmm. I, Do you think I, some I, judges aren't? You don't have to answer. You know, that. It, it's it's some people say that former prosecutors are very very tough on prosecutors. Yeah, I've heard all. Some yeah. some lawyers say that former public defenders are very very tough on public defenders. Um, most lawyers will will tell you that they just want a judge that's somewhat consistent. Right. If you're going to have a bent, as long as it's a consistent bent. At least, at least I can counsel like my, my client right, right. appropriately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So right. it's, it's, the, it's right play. the judge that no one knows where they're going. Right. That That's, I hear the most. How do you prepare for that? Yeah. yeah. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. it's all part of the strategy. But you can also yeah. counter that with every case is different. Right. And every mm-hmm. case really is. Mm-hmm. And although I might have a set way of doing almost everything, in a particular case, mm-hmm. if it doesn't fit exactly in the right. square hole that I want to mm-hmm. put it in, I will hear you out and, right. and, and alter from my norm if it justifies it. Yeah. So you, you really can't always, uh, and I, I think I have found that the bench works really, really hard to, to, to try to do justice. I mean, mm-hmm. none of us can ever claim to not make mistakes. I mean, we're, yeah. we're, we're humans too. And there's, you know, there's an incredible amount of ethical rules and binders that are, that are on top of us and there's things that we can school. say. And can't, there's judges school. Um, you know, where they teach us a lot of this thing and, and other things. We, we, we all talk, you know, during mm-hmm. lunch about mm-hmm. things so that we can educate ourselves if we come up with a similar situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we'll ask each other, you know, I have this, what do you think? How do you right. handle this? Mm-hmm. We, we learn from each other and we're allowed to ethically discuss cases yeah. amongst ourselves for that purpose. Um, so it, it's a great way for, for, for judges to, to learn as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that makes sense to me, the idea that certain judges who maybe had done a certain job before would be harder on that kind. Because that just, to me, sounds very human nature yeah. in the sense of like, exactly. I know this thing. Like, what are you doing? I, I get how this works already. You know what I mean? Right. That's why I was thinking, you know, like, well, who would put you on a jury necessarily? Like, is that something somebody would really want to, like... Have the judge feel like, oh, this you got a judge watching you, like you know, yeah. like it just seems like a funny. Two people to are going to be deciding to like mm, to sustain or. Yeah. Like, I, I also look at it this way: I'm paid a, a, a very good salary mm-hmm. to be fair, impartial, mm-hmm. and to come up with a just decision. Mm-hmm. So here's a chance for forty dollars a day to mm-hmm. get me to be fair and impartial and give a just decision. Mm-hmm. So it, it's. 
But yes, there, there are yeah. things that, that judges know about a case, right? Uh, mm -hmm. including what's given to a jury as opposed mm -hmm. to what's sometimes kept right. from a jury oh, right, right. for legal right. reasons mm -hmm. um, that you might not want a judge yeah. or a lawyer yeah. for that yeah. matter on a case. And, and I have, I've had lawyers on almost every one of my juries, usually civil lawyers for criminal cases and vice versa. Usually a criminal lawyer won't be in a criminal case. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, lawyers talk too. And, and again, you got to caution them not to <laughs> bring their special expertise into the jury room. Right. Mm -hmm. Same situation with medical malpractice cases. Oh, With wow. a nurse yeah. that right. might be on the jury. Absolutely. Or a doctor that might be yeah. on the jury. Mm -hmm. You don't want their opinion to overwhelm the other opinions of right. the jurors right. that are deliberating. And even if they're not trying to, other people will be like, Absolutely. I know what I know that you know, like make sense of this for me or something. Absolutely. Like once they're in the deliberation, once it's right. once it's okay for them to be talking about it, it could still just put too much weight in one direction. But jurors work incredibly hard. I remember one medical malpractice case where after the jurors were done deliberating, we went into the jury deliberation room. They had asked for a, a, one of those big giant pads. Mm. And they had done a time frame oh, oh, wow. around the entire deliberation room wow. Oh, wow. as to the events and to the every time that they saw the doctor and what mm, the wow. diagnosis was. I mean, they really worked really, really hard. I mean, yeah. I, that's good. I've become yeah. a very, that's like that's very big fan of, yeah. of the jury system. It, yeah. it certainly isn't going to get everything right, right, but I don't think it's because the juries don't try to come to the, yeah. to the right decision. And there's yeah. a certain number of them, depending on what kind of trial it right. is. You so do. You right, you have to check. And, and it's, not, it's not always unanimous, too. Civil, civil cases, it's a jury of six. Sure. And you only need five of the six on any mm -hmm. particular question right, to come right. to a decision. For misdemeanors, it's six. It has to be unanimous. Mm -hmm. For felony trials in New York, it has to be 12. And, and the states are not always the same. Some have right. different things. Right. And, and I feel like kind of going back to what we were saying before, like as long as you have one person that's like, hey, let's really kind of figure this out or let's try and be... Yeah, people will be letter. annoyed with them, but good. Yeah, but I think, right, it's just that one, there's always that one sort of that one exemplary in person. The <laughs> there was a show, I, it, it's either Radiolab or This American Life, I forget which one it was, I want to say Radiolab, where they did an episode talking about um, the kind of, like, positivity goes really far, but when it comes to negativity, it can take only just one negative person in a group to, like, mess up the group right? wow. no matter what it's doing whether you're doing a group project in high school or you're in a jury room mm -hmm. or whatever group dynamics state that you know if everybody is working together great but if you have one negative person they can pull the whole ship down mm -hmm. and the only way to counterbalance it is um you have to have one personality that's stronger than that person that's willing to get in that person's face and like wow shut right. them down if if everybody's just really nice and is like i don't agree but uh, They'll yeah. still end up going along with the negativity, but you have to have like one person that will kind of go above and beyond and be like, no, right? Like right. this is why, and like rein everything back in. And it was really interesting to me because yeah. I was like, I've seen that happen so many totally. times right. in like different jobs or working in like big yeah. groups and stuff. Like, I mean, that's oh, the yeah. thing that's also really fascinating to me about jurors is that a lot of it is just like group dynamics, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Just there's so much. There, there was one case, not one that I personally participated in because I wasn't yet a, a judge, where traditionally the first juror selected is made the foreman mm. of the jury. Um, this particular juror number one, I think all sides kind of agreed 
not cut out mm-hmm. to be the foreman. So both sides, this was a civil case, the, the plaintiff and the defendant, agreed to the instruction would be the first thing you want to do when you go into the deliberation room is elect a foreman. Mm-hmm. And then that foreman and then with the rest of the charge proceeded that way. So there's, there's ways to, because yeah, we, yeah, we, we right. take that in mind that you do need someone to bring order to the deliberations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and not all of them go well. Right. Yeah. I have one last question that I say, think some people get curious about. And that is, do you like watching procedural shows? Even though this is your whole life. Or are you like Legal way into shows? medical shows? Or, no. <laughs> like, do you I, I, like I, Law and Order and CSI and whatever other what, stuff is out I there? I love the original Law and Order. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Original and, and Law and Order. The, the, the other ones, it was yeah. because there were so many of them, I couldn't keep track of them. And I kind but you of, do enjoy it, right? I love legal shows. They just take One out. of the reasons I became a lawyer was LA Law, was, was like my oh, favorite yeah, show. Oh, yeah, there you go. Back, yeah. back in the day. So, I, yeah, I, I absolutely love all I still like them. I don't watch them. All that much, Unless but. people do, because one, one of the questions that I ask, I, there's a couple of questions that I ask during uh, jury selection, because in a criminal case, the judge does most of the jury selection. In the civil case, the jury comes to the judge. The lawyers have selected on their own, mm-hmm. uh, away from the judge, and if there's a problem, the judge goes and visits. But I'll generally ask what their favorite television show is. Mm. And used to be everyone, at least one, would give me an SVU or mm-hmm. a Law and Order, which would then spur the speech from me. Now, you have to realize that this isn't TV. Right, right, And, and right. that would go it's into a, a whole segue. jury instruction. I've now found that I don't get that answer anymore. It was mm. like all reality shows. And, oh, really? And, yeah. Wow. And, 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 well, you know, interesting and scary. Yeah. Like yeah. Black, Blacklist is a big one, oh, which, yeah. which I think is a good show, too. What else are people and, liking? And, 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 I'm curious. And, I love TV. But I wasn't getting the Lauren Orders and SVUs for, for a What happens while. if they say orange is the new black? Oh, we'll humanize all the prisoners. <laughs> I'm reading that one now. Oh, I, 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 I like the, the series, so I picked yeah. up the book to, to, yeah. to read that as, mm-hmm. as well. And, and uh, was it Lauren Pepron? Laura Prepon. Prepon. Yeah. Uh, she's actually cousins with my wife's best friend. So oh, it was like a, a real connection with the orange is the new black. So, <laughs> you love so, that. Uh, but yeah, that no, is I, your yeah. wire. And if they're like the wire, you're like, they're going to be so balanced. You almost, <laughs> all sides. You almost got me to the to the wire. I just don't want to commit to another show. But uh, It's waiting I, for you whenever. Yeah. I mean, Eventually. I didn't that's, even realize that's the, how many that, years it had That's the great part about Netflix, Netflix yeah. is, is, is all of these shows that you know can be picked up. You know, yeah. House of Cards is, is Game yeah. of Thrones. House of Cards yeah. is probably next on my list. House of Cards is yeah. great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was just it. curious if you like procedural shows. I I like it. It's Some just... cases, depending on if it's a little bit. I, I was I was I did all the Occupy Wall Street cases in Manhattan, mm. and, and I would ask um, if you read the Post, the News, oh, the Times, really? or oh, other. Wow. Yeah, that's a because in that simple question. answer. You get some. You get a page worth of information for sure, the lawyer. Totally. Absolutely. Or do you read it just online? Do you read blogs, Huffington Post? You know, yeah. th- that kind of information mm-hmm. can tell. You know, not right. always correctly. Kind but, of what their yeah. liberal bent is. Yeah, it's not. Sure. You're not or looking for a bent, but you're seeing where you know 
what they've read about the particular situation. Right. If they're mm -hmm. a daily reader of right. one paper as opposed to a daily reader of the other paper, mm -hmm. you might want or not want that person. Although some, like a lot of liberals watch Fox just to be, have ammo. So be careful when you ask that question. <laughs> you want they will probably, but they won't answer, 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 they won't by, saying answer they by saying Fox. Fox right, because they'd be right. too embarrassed. Yeah, they I would mean, actually probably be very quick to tell you. Yeah. Well, I I, I like this, but watch I also Fox. watch it to make sure that I know. Yeah. No. So I, yeah. I won't tell you that I was mentioned on Fox News last <laughs> week. Then you can. I'll tell you the story later. It has nothing to do with criminal law. Oh, that is fun though. That is so funny. Well, thank you. Yeah, this thank you so, so much, much for joining us. Judge. A wealth of information, which was really interesting, and I hope it made sense to people. Yeah. yeah. When I think of The Judge, I am not going to think of the Robert Downey Jr. movie. I'm only going to think of you. So thank you. I think of Judge Judy. <laughs> oh, um, man. I still think of, I'm still going to think of Judge Judy. Yeah. I just think of a normal judge because it's and a normal thing to collar. me. She has that really cute doily like Who? collar. Judge Judy. Oh, judge Judy. I know that. One yeah. of my good friends was her court officer in the Bronx really? and says that she was exactly the same on the bench in the Bronx as she is on the TV. That is the oh, most wow. delightful thought, piece I, of information. Yeah, I don't think we can top that little nugget <laughs> to everyone, guys. Judge Judy, same in real life. Same in real life. Yeah. I, yeah. Would I would not mind getting chastised by Judge Judy. I think that would be very fun. That would fun. be fun. Yeah. <laughs> would you I ever uh, do a reality show? You mean like Patricia Domingo? Yes. I haven't seen her show. Has it started? Is it over? It has. It, it, it was is it on renewed. right now? It was renewed. Oh, what she is the was. Show? So what, hot bench. Oh, hot bench. Okay. She was a judge in Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Supreme Court. She was. The, I was going to say the front part for whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is, she was a judge in uh, Supreme Court um, for felonies, and she was a colorful character. A very <laughs> high regarded colorful character. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, I didn't see show. her show. I need to. Um, <laughs> I need to watch that. Yeah. I didn't have as much interaction with her, though, I, I so I didn't, like, freak out as much as everyone else I'm sure she'll be did. happy to get the plug. <laughs> oh, so everyone. Channel 55. What's 55? T-V-N-Y. So oh, that's a New like York one. New York? It's a New York. Well, it's, it's a syndicated it. show, so yeah. it's on in different oh, markets okay, so in different places. Listing. So yeah. check your listing. So check your low school listing. Judge Domingo, it, it, here's it, it, a show. It usually <laughs> either follows or is right before Judge Judy. Oh, rock block, guys. Yeah. Yeah, just get ready. Oh, just get ready into it. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's called Hot Bench. Hot Bench. Hot bench. Watch <laughs> Judge Domingo. She was a very colorful character and uh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> she wore... Um, like leather pants sometimes. Hey. I'm already into it. I wonder if you got it. Yeah. She just seemed like a cool woman. <laughs> well, thank you so much again. It was so great to have you on the show. We really yeah. appreciate it. And if you are listening to this, I really hope that you enjoyed this bonus episode that we did. This is not our last bonus episode. We are going to have a few more. So keep tabs on that. You can check us out on Twitter at Serial Obsessed. Pod? Nope. It is Serial Obsessed Pod. So right. it's S E R I A L O. B S E S S P O D. And then our Gmail, our email is serially pod. So just the name of the show, pod at, at gmail.com. You can hit us up there. We're going to be doing some bonuses. So if you have questions or anything like that, there's a great time to send those along to us. We've gotten some great emails from listeners and we love to address that stuff. And we're excited to get to address some of that stuff in the bonus episode since we and didn't want to go off the rails when we were talking about individual episodes of Serial. And uh, our apologies for not writing back to everyone. Mm. It's been a busy time, but we are yeah. reading your emails and we love your emails and we your love tweets. The emails. We do, we do. We read them. We haven't responded to them, so we're sorry about that, but we do read them. We 
do. Yeah. And um, we love them. And thank oh, you for they listening. They made my day. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.